All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast Live Edition. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Pobby FM, and leaving reviews and donating. Today, we have a special treat for y'all. We have DJ Dudley D in the mix and Mark Bond of Paisley Nights. Uh, their podcast, if you're not a fan of it, you should be jumping on that. And I wouldn't say not a fan if you're not aware of it. Let's get it all in the mix. Dudley D and Mark are going to be talking about a special event they're doing for June 7th this year. Uh, may have known someone from Minnesota born on that day, June 7th. So right now I'm going to bring in the people that you've been waiting for. Dudley D and Mark of Paisley Nights. Yo, yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Hopefully what's don't stop with the music. But how's it going, everyone? Great. Very good. Dudley, looks like good weather over there in Minnesota, eh? The best weather right now. Minnesota is uh, no mosquitoes and not too hot, not humid. It's like money. Perfect. Right. We got like a week of that, by the way, just in case you didn't know. It's ridiculous. Mosquitoes come out. Yeah, they come out early June. So we got like a week of perfectness. Right. Um, let's see if we can get it on. So why don't you guys tell me about Paisley Nights, and then we're going to get into the June 7th event. But what, what's, what's going on with Paisley Nights? that you guys started about a year ago, right? Yeah, April 21st of uh, last year, we, we, we released our first episodes. We did a bunch kind of right out of the gate there. But uh, Paisley Nights is a podcast, and we focus on the stories of the, the, the community that was kind of that Paisley Park crew. So it's all about the people that went to Paisley Park over and over and over again. So Prince would throw parties back in the day. He would do his thing. I saw you, Adam, Dr. Fungaberry. Um, you know, he would do his thing in Minneapolis, open the doors up, uh, whether it was a party, whether it was a performance. He had all kinds of things happening. And there was a group of people that would go again and again and again to check these things out, right? And when we were, we were talking, you know, after Prince passed, uh, you know, the media, kind of the stories that were getting out there, you know, a lot about his bands, a lot about engineers, you know, you hear a lot from like celebrities uh, about Prince and those relationships. This community, I mean, we were kind of uh, part of his life and that was not really being seen out there. So our mission was really to get those stories told, uh, to put them into the history book. So when people remember what Prince was all about, they remember this group of people, right? So like our first guest, Bill Wenzel, like that dude went to 300 plus shows at Paisley Park, right? right. And you hear about this, you hear about the interactions of uh, Prince with this fan base. So, you know, we came up with this concept, uh, 2017 took us a minute to kind of get it rolling. I told Dustin about the idea, and the next day he called me and said, "Hey, man, like let's let's do this thing together." And and the rest right. is really history. A funny story about Bill was when we were on his when he was on the show, we uh we figured out that he was he's Bill number one, and that was because uh, he told us a story about the first time or the first day that Glam Slam opened in Minneapolis, and uh, he was the first person in the club when it opened. So we decided to call him Bill Number One. <laughs> he was also the first person there like every week, week in and week out. He was always the first guy to walk in the door. So a lot of fun stories. Yeah, his story is really interesting. All right. 
Now, Dustin, um, we're going to go live on Insta. I'm going to go live on my feed. I'll have you add it in. Hopefully, it'll work with the camera on it since Instagram is primitive to where they can't have three people on at once. Um, Let's try it. But yes. And then we'll still have Mark um, tell the story again on Instagram Live a little bit later just for people tuning in there. All right. I'm there live. Hopefully, you can be able to see me so I can add you in. There we go. Right now. Send a view. All right. Now we're on in both formats. Nice. Should be should be doing it, Dudley. If you see it on your end, I did put you in there. It says it's waiting for you. There we go. All right, now we're on all the formats. Let's turn down the volume. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and just get Mark and I in here. Cool. That'll be fine. A little bit better view. I'm gonna have to move but it's good enough. It'll work. Right. We'll make it work with it. Unfortunately, I turned it all off. But yes. So Dudley, before we get into everything else that's been going on, how did you end up DJing for Prince? Well, you got to listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, give him a little bit of a <laughs> Yeah, that's the best answer. <laughs> right. Uh, um, I, started, uh, I started just going out to Paisley Park. Um, Mark and I kind of go through our experience on the podcast uh, in between episodes uh, with guests, just him and I will talk about kind of our story. So um, Mark and I stumbled into Paisley Park randomly one night uh, in 1995. Mark will correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm usually always wrong. Um, what's up, devious funky bald heads in here? Hi from the couch. Um, so uh, yeah, I went I Mark and I stumbled out to Paisley Park basically uh, the second time we were there. So I'm perform live and it just being a young DJ and just into music, like everything about it just pulled me in and I kept going back and kept going back. And, uh, I was, I was at, uh, I was buying some of my vinyl, uh, at a record store called Wine Angle Records. Uh, Brother Jules was DJing for Prince at that time. And, um, I would, uh, I eventually would end up covering for him when he was downtown in the clubs. Um, so I would cover from Jules and then eventually I just started DJing all the parties. Um, and from there on out, uh, you know, ended up, you know, jumping in with the funky bald heads. There was, uh, after the funky bald, funky bald heads were kind of hanging out Paisley nights, uh, rehearsing and they were working on their stuff. And one day Prince was just like, you know, I was bald. So he was like, why don't you put the DJ in the band? Right. So then I ended up, you know going on tour and opening up the show, performing with the Funky Bald Heads and DJing after parties. And, um, you know, that's sprawled off until the next four or five years touring with them. Right. On. But yeah, I would always, you know, I mean, my, my residency at Paisley Park DJing parties out there lasted, you know, from 97 all the way up into the end. You know, I was doing like the, the dance rally for peace parties and stuff like that. So I was off and on with them, you know, for 20 years. Right. And the Rally for Peace is a really good one. And I know that he put up your mix on SoundCloud or whatnot, just because I think Tidal had some problems. But how was that? Because that was such an important event. How was it doing Rally for Peace? Because I know you've done a lot of things for a long time. Yeah. That specific one. Yeah, that specific night, um, I played I played a song before they took the stage can't remember i think it was uh might have been uh major um can't remember who it was 
song is called Revolution or something. It was just talking about we need a revolution, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I was like, put your fist in the air type stuff like that. And then he came on and did his performance. And then he got off. And right when he got off, I said, I played the song Peace. And um, then later on that night, uh, I just got a message that, you know, he's he wants me to make a, a mix for the concert that he can play while people are getting into their seats. Um, that is all kind of like his political songs and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I ended up doing like three or four versions of it. I would I would make the mix and then I would send it to him and, you know, he'd be like, all right, take the song out, you know, put the song in or minor stuff. And uh, finally, you know, third or fourth mix I sent to him. He was like, cool. And he took it and he uh, played it before the concert. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a really cool, you know, to have your mixes and have it be on a soundboard like that, of course. You know, we had to we had to get a copy of that, not just have it streaming. Now, I actually, it's on my SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. We'll put up a link to that and other stuff as well, just so people can hear it. Because I play it when it comes up in my car. I play the entire thing. Nice. When I when I, I don't drive as much right now with everything going on, but when I do, definitely. Now, yeah. Mark, it was fun to make that mix uh, just because you know it was different and it's not like focusing on like dance music, you know. So I had a good time yeah. with that. You may have to put that into your 24-hour mix coming up. We're oh, going to get yeah. into that. Now, <laughs> Mark, tell your story on how everything came to be for you, like your first Prince experience and all these other things. Now, I'm sure it'll be on the pod, Paisley Nights as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But give us yeah, a little taste. Yeah, it's on the podcast, but episode, I mean, one. You know, obviously, episode one will give you the whole story. But, I mean, good. growing up in Minneapolis, obviously know who Prince was. And, you know, you kind of hear the stories, et cetera, First Avenue and Purple Rain and all that. So, I mean, obviously was was aware of Prince. Um, but like, wasn't into him at all. You know, we were doing our thing, kind of that hip hop vibe, Cypress Hill, Beastie Boys, you know, uh, you know, early nineties, white kid, all that, that was, uh, that was what we were into. So Prince was there, but, you know, kind of always saw him as eccentric, weird, et cetera. So we didn't have like this huge fascination with him. But we were doing, uh, Glam Slam was open at the time. So we did a Thursday night, they had an 18 plus. So Dustin and a small crew and I went to, Flam Slam Thursday night. We had Friday off of school. So I was a senior in high school and Friday off of school. So we're going to go check this thing out. And we went in and it was cool hanging out, the music, et cetera. And this woman that we know, she was like, hey, uh, we just got invited to this party with Prince. You guys want to come? And, you know, I'm not yeah. a fool. Like someone's like, hey, you want to go to the party with Prince? I'm like, that guy sounds like a superstar, et cetera. So I was like, let's roll. And you know, we got the directions. This is pre-cell phone, right? So, like, we're writing down directions to the Paisley Park and getting the whole deal. And so we bust out of there probably, like, 12.30, 1 o'clock, and we're 18, you know, rolling down, you know, 494 and kind of getting to, getting to Paisley. And, you know, we had no idea where we were going, what we were doing. And all of a sudden, we're in the parking lot of Paisley Park, walking through the front doors, and, you know, we're hanging out. And they got, like – chips and soda and it's all in like the small atrium there so brother jules is djing and there's no there's no real lights it's just dark and there's like a crew of like 40 50 people just getting down dancing and it was just for me it was like what world did i walk into like what is going on here and i just want more man prince came out that night and it was just like he walked by me and i was like that is prince and that dude he came out, he had uh, P-Control, 
And that was before it was released. He, he put that on, and I was like, sold on the song he uh people were dancing and he had he had this flashlight that he picked up from brother jules because this is like when you had to go through records you know and like the crates and stuff and like pick them up and he, so jules had this had this this is like pre-serato right he had the record the flashlight to see what was going on because it was dark prince picked up the flashlight and all of a sudden you know in this dark atrium area prince becomes like the light man and people are you know all jumping to the dance floor and i mean at that point like like that was like my baptism experience of of prince and it was pretty much over uh so that started the journey and you know a couple decades later still living this prince of course yeah it keeps going in on it now dudley aside from being a band member of the funky bald heads and djing was there other things that he had you do that you weren't like trained to do? He would just throw you on to do? Like, I'm uh, sure like trained to do? <laughs> or wanted to do aside from DJing? Like, was there anything like, because I'm sure when Prince has you around, you're going to be right. doing a lot of different things, right? Um, yeah, I mean, not necessarily. Uh, a lot of times people, some people ask me how long I last, well, you know, I lasted with Prince, how, how you know, I've been there for, for so long. And I mean, my kind of role in the thing is that, you know, it was always a party, you know what I mean? So like when we hung out, it was like an after set in, you know, Germany or something. And like, he's coming in, the crowd's going crazy. I'm rolling in and kicking off the DJ and then just playing all Prince music and it's all Prince fans. And it's just, you know, a dream. Right. And Prince walks in, you know, and the place is going bananas. So, um, I mean, I recorded a few sessions with them. Um, you know, like I did an audio show for them. Um, I believe that one was recorded live, like where he just asked me to come to the studio and I had no idea what was going on. And he was like, we're going to record an audio show, you know, DJ for an hour. And so I was like, okay, don't really have anything prepared, but all right, here we go. I mean, that happened too, like with the third act Pro TV. Uh, he called me out there for a party, and I thought it was just going to be me playing for the band members. They were getting ready to go on the road. And right. uh, all of a sudden, he's like, we're going to put a camera on your turntables, all right? And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, what? what actually, you know? And then all of a sudden, they're like, cool, we're going live on Third Eye Girl TV. And I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And the best part, you know, I'm watching that stream in my bedroom, you know, because I wasn't invited to the, to, to the private party. I'm watching the stream in my bedroom and I'm, you know, here at Dustin Mix. And I was like, oh, man, that's Dudley. And then all of a sudden you got Prince on the microphone. He's like, DJ Dudley, he's the best. And I was like, oh, my boy has arrived. The world knows. It was a great stream. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun times, man. Those were crazy fun, you know. Just whether it was a gold experience at a third eye girl era with him just doing that and trying to exper experiment with different things like the live stream. And then we would see your turntables and see a little bit of your hands. That was probably all we were seeing. And then yeah. we hear a little bit of Prince's voice at times. Yep. Now, yeah, crazy. June 7th this year, how did this idea yeah. of a 24 hour dance party come to be? 24 hours. Oops. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it really sounded like a good idea when we were talking the other night. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it was yeah, it did sound like a good idea. Then we announced it. Like, Damn, uh, we're gonna actually do this. <laughs> you want me to hit? You want me to hit up the contacts, Dustin, and then you 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 yeah, jump in. Yeah. So yeah. you 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we had built an audience on Paisley Nights. Go check out our Facebook page, you know, get a link from uh, the Dr. Funkenberry page. Uh, but we built an audience and then, you know, COVID happened, right? And Dustin's a professional DJ. Like, this is what this guy does for a living. Week right. in and week out, you go downtown Minneapolis, Dustin's DJing, right? He's, he's got gigs uh, week in and week out and doing his thing, right? So, they shut down this city, right? All of a sudden, I mean, they shut down the country, really. So there was, there was, you know, no gigs, nothing going on. What are we going to do? What's happening? And, and Dustin came up with the idea to kind of leverage the audience that we had on Paisley Nights to create Manic Monday. Uh, so he just finished Manic Monday 9. If y'all didn't get on the boat on Monday night, y'all missed a good time. Uh, so Manic Monday kind of proved this idea that, hey, people, I mean, People have watched every episode of Tiger King. They've seen Ozark. You know, they're kind of Netflixed out. <laughs> you know, people are ready for something yeah, different. Means, and on, that, that ending of Ozark was bananas, though. That's all. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, so it proved that, hey, people are willing to come on this thing, right? So, all right, we've been doing this. What's happening? And ultimately, the question is, like, what's next? What are we going to do? Dustin, you want to pick it up from there? Well, yeah, and then we were uh, social distancing around a fire, and we were just kind of talking about it, and um, just kind of went, I don't know, kind of went in circles, like, oh, we could do seven hours on Saturday, and then seven hours on Sunday, or, you know, one, I don't know. And then I think Mark just threw out the ideas, like, we, we should just do all day long. And I was like, we should just do all day long, like 24 hours, midnight to midnight, where, you know, we'll start on Sunday. Um, 12 a.m., and uh, we're going to play 24 hours of Prince music and it's going to be yeah. it's going to be amazing actually I mean I'm, I'm yeah. I have anxiety about it but I'm also looking forward to it um, you know we're going to plan some stuff out we're going to have some different eras and you know some different things happening and kind of key in on some some different vibes that Prince has put out throughout the years Very cool. yeah and I think the cool thing with Prince music you know is literally there is so much content right and, and originally, I was I was really pushing this like we we're gonna brand it as like no repeat over the twenty four hours. Uh, Dustin talked me off that ledge a little bit, you know. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, we don't have to be playing. This isn't gonna be like a serious version of you know a Prince stream, right? Like we're talking about. I think one of the missions of Paisley Nights and one of the great things of of, of having. Dustin as a DJ and his longevity with Prince is there's so many tracks, there's so much music. And, you know, while, while some kind of folks, you know, they just want to kind of keep it to that little red Corvette vibe. And, you know, we love that sound, et cetera. But, you know, there's just so much more stuff that is out there. Right. And I think one of our missions, having been so close to Prince, having seen so many gigs and been to so many parties that, you know, we want to get people hip to, the fact that these tracks are, are 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 endless, right? Like you think you know what's going on, but the rabbit hole just keeps going. So right. when you tune in, if you come in at midnight, if you come in the next day, you're not going to hear songs on repeat. You're going to hear, you know, jams. You're going to hear, you know, some of the live tracks. You're going to see stuff from TV performances. You're going to get the whole breadth and depth of of who Prince is, and and I think you're going to see just you know, how much music the brothers got. I mean, and, and that's, I think that's a really, really, really cool thing. Right. Well, the other thing too about that is like, that's just goes to show. I mean, there's not, I mean, you could, 
name a few different artists that could really actually fill 24 hours worth right. of content. Um, it kind of reminds me of when uh, I'm one of the co-music directors for the Timberwolves here. And uh, last year, was it last year we did the the seven different games where they do the city yeah. jersey and we did the Prince jersey, the MPLS jersey and whatnot. And I was given the task of getting all the music together for, for that because we went wall to wall from the minute the doors opened through the game, throughout the game, all the music, all the breaks, everything was all Prince. And like, I don't think there's another artist that could really capture all these different vibes and all these different, you know, right. Moments that we needed to fill within within its uh, Timberwolves game, but twenty four hours. Like I mean, if you all of his albums, you know, just lined up listening to them. I mean, that's more you know five hours, five days. Right. <laughs> you know, and just jumping jumping off real quick. I know Jeremiah, you want to jump in, but you know that whole Timberwolves game thing. I mean, just props to Dudley for. Mm -hmm. I mean, the NBA had never done anything like that, right? Where you had no, a single no, artist no, no for the entire. Say what? Right. No sports no team sports has ever had And literally, it, it was all the sounds, right? And I think, you know, I mean, Dustin didn't get enough props for that, in my opinion, because, I mean, that is a – it was a serious feat to be able to pull that off and do it so well when you were in the stands. And I went to six out of seven. I mean, people were – people were into it, right? Um, and I think it's an example, too, because he was playing deep tracks and people, you know, I don't think the – folks in the crowd even know hey this is prince right so we want to introduce more people to that music and get people hip to just how many great songs there are what up Mark right. Blaine? now we have someone asking where can they watch these so i'm going to give you guys the plug on on all your channels um so yeah june 7th we'll be starting at uh 12 a.m central standard time and uh, the best stream is going to be on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Paisley Nights. Um, it'll also be up on our Facebook, uh, the Paisley Nights Facebook. And I'm sure we'll pop in and out on our Instagram a little bit, but it won't be up there full time. So we really want people to go to Twitch. I mean, it's the, the best stream. Facebook keeps cutting you off. And um, uh, I guess it will also be on my Periscope, too, on, on uh, my Twitter, which is no music, no party. Um, so, but Twitch will be the best stream to check it out on. All day, if you haven't heard, yeah. it's all day long. It's 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, 24 hours straight. You know, and I think on Twitch, I mean, go, folks will seem to be hanging out on Facebook. They don't seem to want to want to get, get off there, get on Twitch. It sounds so much better. It's so clear. I mean, the, that's the place you want to be. We're not going to get any cutoffs. It's just going to keep rolling. And, you know, from a production standpoint, I mean, the cool thing is, you know, we got some things in the mix. So you're not just going to be staring at Dustin's uh, head the whole time. There's going to be some, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm trying to tease out the fact that, you know, I mean, this thing's we got some production ideas that are that are coming into fruition. So yeah, it should be it should be entertaining. And also, we have someone from Instagram. They want to make sure that the link to your Twitch will also be on your uh, on your Instagram, so they can join from that way as well. Cool. Yeah, we can do that. I know with Instagram, it's going to be kind of hard because you have to restart it twenty four times. We're going to be up there for twenty four hours. Well, we might have to do it even more on yeah. Facebook. But we'll, we'll you know, and if you're out, 
And if you're out there and you're like, hey, we're, we're going to be getting on this thing. I see folks, somebody saying they want to be on for the whole 24 hours, which is just fantastic. You know, get out there, share the links, tell your friends that this thing's happening. We're looking for the support because as part of this, you know, we're going to we're going to get some merch. So we're going to have some Paisley Knights merch. We got the uh, graphics. Shout out to DVS for the fantastic graphic. Uh, shout out to Tef Smith, who helped us kind of put it into animation. Tef's done some cool stuff in the, the uh, David and Tef, movie man. land. Yeah, yeah, so they, I mean, they hooking it up for us, right? We got, yeah, we, you know, some gotta, folks really helping us. We got to tap your friends. And then... Yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, so the merch is going to hit the streets and the, the, the gear for the night, we, we partnered up with uh, PRN Alumni. So they're doing some really, really cool things, too. And, and I really didn't understand the breadth and depth of their mission. They're out there supporting a lot of the causes that Prince supported when he was alive. So their fundraising yeah. efforts are pulling in that cash. And then, you know, they're, they're going and putting that out to things like urban farming, right? And they're bringing donations out to the street. So we partnered up with them. So a portion of the proceeds from the uh, T-shirt sales are going to go to the PRN alumni. So, I mean, you can rock some new fresh gear and, you know, be supporting a really good cause and a really good organization that's uh, using the funds real uh, wisely. So we're hoping, uh, what, end of next week, Dustin, to have the the yep. uh, links to the all the gear up. So keep yep. your eye out for that. And then, you know, once the T-shirts are going to be limited edition for the, for the let's go all day, all night stuff. So once that date goes... Yep, that's over. Work. So get, get get your get your order in, and you know, rock it. You can get it in multiple colors. Right, it'll be on June seventh, you guys. June seventh, it'll be starting there. Uh, David is saying what's up, and even Tep Tept on Instagram is watching. Tep, what's up? Instagram. You know, me and Tep are way back, man. I didn't know you guys knew him until Mark. You like posted a photo earlier this year or late last year, hanging out with Tep. I went, wait, what's going on here? Mind blown. Yeah, Tep. Yeah, Teft was hanging out here. Um, he was here during a fun era. I remember meeting Teft in the uh, it, right outside the Love for One Another room. Him and I kind of crossed paths for a good few months when Prince was doing those parties every Friday, and then like you know developed a relationship. And I mean, it was it's uh, we go way back. Teft's real cool, and, and the animation stuff that he did is just next level, next level stuff. I whooped Thanks, uh, Teft. I whooped Teft in a dance contest at Paisley Park before I even knew him. What? <laughs> See, that's gonna have to be a Paisley Night story. Teft in a dance party, huh? Yeah, our dance party. Wow. We're, we, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get a Teft uh, we're gonna get a Teft Paisley Nights episode up real quick. So yeah, that dude's got some good stories. Real good Instagram, stories. he's saying nope. <laughs> oh, that's coming, man. That's coming. Everyone's going on Paisley Nights. No, he's talking about the dance battle. dance party. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious. We actually, uh, I think, uh, just a short side note to that. Uh, we actually ended up talking and becoming friends with Teft at the Cheapo in Uptown at midnight. Oh yeah, at midnight, yeah. New Power Soul was released. Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy. And Teft wasn't necessarily feeling us at first, but you know, then we, you know, we willed him to like us. I mean, we got such good friends that I knew the the code to his uh, purple Jeep uh, or his purple truck was the code to get in was 1999. Obviously, nerd. <laughs> we love Teft. Hilarious. Yeah, he had those door plates. Yeah. Anyways, enough about Teft. More about me. 
It's all good. Someone had this. They just wanted there. Here's one question, and maybe you can answer it. They want to know how you feel about reissues. Mixed feelings on this. Well, is one special rare is not so much anymore. I don't mind the reissues. I don't know about you. You know, uh, I don't mind the reissues. I mean, I like you know the the especially when the re, they reissue stuff and it comes out with uh, right. stuff that I haven't heard or you know you have heard in really bad quality. Um, so right. we would I'm like all, remasters, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I mean, you know, I guess I'm probably in the same boat as everybody else is that you know I want I want some more stuff and more of it and more often, but you know, we'll see. I don't know. They, right. they, they're going to do what they're going to do at this point. So, if you guys uh, have any questions, whether on Instagram or Facebook or Twitch, just go ahead and put them out there. I will try to get them to uh, Dudley and Mark. It's not going to be problematic at all. I'm reading one real quick, you know, on the T-shirts, how much they're priced. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, they are going to be reasonably priced. So we're finalizing the exact price point, but – they will be within folks' budgets to get a T-shirt reasonably priced. And will they be reasonably priced in shipping? Because I think some of these people are overseas wanting that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the shipping overseas is obviously not going to be cheap, you know. But, I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be on the shipping side. We don't have much control over that. But we're not going to sell people, you know, $97 T-shirts. No. That would be good. <laughs> just, just put it out there. <laughs> Now another question that they'll have, but this may lead into your to your mixing for it. When we're we gonna get unreleased, we don't need reissues all the time. Will you maybe be playing some unreleased mixes during this uh, twenty four hour set, Dudley? We'll get yeah, into you that. Gotta, more. You, gotta, you gotta tune in and check it out. Exactly. <laughs> I think the answer will be yes. They I should mean, be tuning in regardless. You know, it was even like last night. I was scanning uh, on YouTube and just looking at some things, and like I I stumbled upon uh, Morris Day's interview, and like. I, early 80s or whatever uh, that he did on David Letterman. And like, you know, I'm like, the first minute of that is just hilarious. So, you know, I might grab something like that and play that for a minute, you know, and just kind of keep right. it different. So um, we're, you know, we're putting all the content is being, you know, figured out. And, uh, you know, we'd like mm -hmm. to focus on in some areas, we're going to focus on some eras and maybe some albums and stuff like that. So if people right. have uh, suggestions of you know stuff like that they'd like to hear or see us see us do, um, yeah, let us know. Good ideas, suggestions. Now this one, uh, Frenchie MPLS on uh, Instagram says, was there any particular songs Prince will request being played when you, when you DJed? <laughs> when I DJed, oh yeah, um, he loved uh, the remix of Joe Stutter. I don't know if you remember that. The remix has Mystical on it, and he loved that song. Um, I remember when I was we were over in uh, touring the One Night Alone tour in Europe, and there was one night where we just had a private private thing where I was DJing, and it was just the band members and Prince and everybody, you know, some of the crew hanging out, and uh, he had me play that song twice that night. So he definitely loved that song. Um, Q-Tip. Played a lot of Q-Tip and like Tribe Called Quest back in the '90s. Right. Um, obviously, he was a big fan of Q-Tip. Um, <laughs> What's another one he would always request? Oh, he would uh, he would request a lot. James Brown, talking loud, ain't saying nothing. He requested that one multiple times. A lot. 
Yeah, he would request kind of that genre. He'd request that like kind of genre too. Like, let's right. keep it old school tonight. Play that old school funk. I mean, and you. I mean, there would be if he was if he was in a mood like that. He would kind of hit those broad genres of this is what I want to hear. This is the sound that I'm interested in. The other thing that I thought was cool, you know, and maybe put this back at Dustin from a question standpoint, you know, what were some of the things that you played that he brought you before they got released? Do you have any memories of like songs where he's bringing you the CD or a record saying, Hey Dudley, you know, put this out there and let's see what people say. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I, there's, there's so many, like, um, I mean, I almost had to, I kind of changed my DJing style a little bit because I was always doing turntables and whatnot. But um, once once kind of the, the CDJs came out where you could scratch on and whatnot, like I made sure to get one of those. So when he would bring me CDs, I would have, I would have that. And I'd be able to like, you know, play it and mix it in and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Mark. There was multiple times of him playing stuff or him bringing out stuff, you know. I think he brought out, you know, brought a CD co uh, copy of Mad one time before that was ever released, and you know, stuff off the uh, <clears throat> Rainbow Children. You know, he'd come up and be like, "I right, play, you know, play track four, and then play track two, or you know, sometimes he'd have me bounce around on on CDs that weren't uh, weren't out yet, stuff like right. that." Now, I think you touched on this before, but someone's asking. They're like, Dudley, were you the DJ on the audio shows and the MPG MC, the MPG Music Club? Yes, I was. <laughs> um, There's your long answer on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Actually, so, yeah, there was that mix, and then there was another mix I did for him. But I believe uh, the MPG audio show, he had me do, he asked me to do make an hour mix at that time when the MPG music club was doing its thing. And, um, Oh, we lost. Did we lose him or no? Oh, no. I don't know. Where he went. Just keep rolling. Anyways. So it yeah, we're live. there was a time when, uh, he asked me to make that mix for him. And then he had called me out to Paisley park to do a party. And I was all set up. And then he came into the room and, uh, at the end of it, he decided he wasn't going to have a party that night and I had that mix playing because I wanted to hear how it sounded like I just finished it. And then him and I were just chilling on the edge of the stage and uh, just kind of talking and listen. We listened to that whole mix together. And then he was like, Oh, sounds good. He's like, I'm going to put it on the show. <clears throat> that was that. Now people are wanting to know if there'll be a contest during a 24 hour show. Tune in to find out, I would say, would be the answer. Yeah, right? yeah but, yes, for sure. Yeah, the, con the contest is you stay up. <laughs> Who can stay up the longest, right? Are you, are you still here? Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting question, and I don't know if you want to answer it, but someone's asking, what did he tell you not to play? Um, I don't think there was anything. Awesome. What's that? Uh, the first thing that comes to my, my mind is Dustin got in trouble a few times for playing some stuff that had some curse words in it. So, uh -huh. you know, playing like sexy MF at the after party and, you know, Prince giving them the. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, I didn't, I don't know if I really ever got in trouble, but I mean, I was, you know, I was DJing for him when uh, he just went to the strict, like, you know, profanity thing. So I had to go back through his whole collection 
and just dig through, you know, I just went back and just kind of listened to anything and edited everything, any little thing out that he would, he would uh, that I would think that he wouldn't want to hear. And then I think shortly after that, it might've been around the celebration, the first celebration, I think. Uh, 20, 20 years this uh, this June, 20 years. Yeah, I think Crazy. the celebration, like, it was a little bit before Doors had opened or Doors had just opened, and I played head. <clears throat> uh, one of the security guards came over and was like, you put that off. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. I mean, that's not profane. All right, I get it. Right. I get it. Now I get what we're doing. <laughs> He would be playing like the instrumental version on the One Night Alone tour, at least during sound checks, which would be interesting. So he'd play head, but right. no lyrics, just the music. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was no instrumental for you to play, right? No, I don't believe there's an instrumental of that. So there you go. Hi, Athea. My uh, my eight year old's on. Hi, Athea. Aww. Love you too. <laughs> Cute. Very cool. Now. What started you, was it just quarantine or have you been wanting to do this stuff for a while and what made you start doing Manic Monday? Quarantine, man. I mean, uh, like I said, I work <clears> for <throat> Timberwolves. I work, uh, you know, for the Lynx and DJ at clubs. And basically I was one of the first people, you know, that lost their jobs when the NBA shut down. Uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, <clears throat> I knew what was coming, you know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> You, you see this is coming and like, you, you know, it's coming, like you're going to get shut down. All these other cities are getting shut down. It's happening. So obviously, you know, nightclubs and stuff. And, uh, for me, I mean, it was, you know, uh, just learning this whole new live stream world and figuring out, you know, all the different things I can do. And I didn't even have a webcam. So I was, you know, who's got a webcam I can borrow. Mark ended up finding one, uh, and brought it to me and, you know, we social distance and I wiped it down with, disinfectant right away it's like the first week i'm gonna stay at home it's like get away from me but give me that webcam we're going live <laughs> so um the manic monday yeah it was just it it just happened organically you know i was like what am i gonna do what am i gonna do it i'm like sitting in you know in my office in my studio and i'm like manic monday that sounds like a great name so right i did it and then i just kept doing it you know this monday will be the 10th one awesome and there is talk while I'm looking at sports here, actually in LA, like the, the basketball season will be coming back possibly next month. Have they been in contact with you? Even though they're not going to have fans, they're probably going to be wanting a DJ for them to be hyped during a game. They'll probably depend on you more. Has there been any talk about that at all? Um, I mean, there has been, yeah, definitely talk that they're going to want in-game music. They're going to want, you know, like the Timberwolves, you know, and most NBA teams now, it's, it's constant music throughout the game. The Timberwolves are bringing the ball up the court. There's an instrumental playing. Something's going back. There's a defense or a clap your hands thing or something like that. So it's definitely going to be uh, music piped in. I mean, I don't think it would even come across on TV at all, you know, without right. some kind of music. I mean, and they're talking – There was I, there was a Real Sports with Brian Gumble I watched where some of the <laughs> broadcast guys were talking about how they'd want even – sound crowd sounds pumped in you know like a right. laugh track or you know sitcom thing you know for the energy like there's a big there's a big dunk and then all of a sudden you hear the crowd go crazy so right <laughs> i mean the colts several years ago i think after their their super bowl winning season or whatnot 
they were busted for pumping in volume into their right. into their stadiums during actual real with an audience game. So now it'll be even more interesting to see how it's going across, especially with you know basketball crowd. You have twenty thousand football crowd, close to eighty thousand, I believe, at US Bank. Um, but those things, it, it should be interesting, as you said, it's kind of like a laugh track. Yeah. We'll see how it goes across. So, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a trip, you know. And just kind of go ahead, Dustin. I was just gonna say, I think you know, it just fans at home are gonna. I don't know. I just think it would be too weird without any any sound. So that's all. Go no ahead, music, no party, right? No music, no party. No music, no party. That that that's Dustin's trademark uh, tagline. So, you know, I mean, I want to just go back real quick to the Manic Monday stuff, you know, just pop on that. I think if you watch Manic Monday kind of from Manic Monday 1 to Manic Monday 9 and the creativity around kind of the sets and kind of the evolution of what Dustin is doing. I mean, the, the, the beauty, at least uh, some of the beauty of this COVID thing is it, it brings out people's creativity, right? So this whole concept, this whole streaming thing, this whole 24-hour, like this would have never, um, this would have never, ever happened, right? So now it's happening, and then it, it's evolving just like any other form of art, right? So bringing in different dimensions, bringing in different ideas. Um, and the good thing is, you know, it started early enough, so by June 7, we can really have, you know, you know, some more stuff to bring to folks. So it's, you know, once again, not just 24 hours of uh, staring at Dustin's head. Yeah. Now, Dustin, on uh, Instagram, we have rtrevor87 asking, what was the one song you always try to throw in the mix, the go-to? Ooh. Ooh, man. What is the one song I always try to throw in the mix? One song or several songs? We'll give you options. Are we talking about, like, we're just talking about when I'm DJing Prince music. Let's do the uh, DJing Prince stuff and then stuff for the basketball games as well. Yeah. That's for both. Um, I mean, you know, I came around uh, on the scene, you know, in the 90s and whatnot. So um, all that stuff was like just banging, hitting to me and stuff I, I love. So um, now is a track that I always played, you know, back at Paisley Park. That's just a jam. Billy Jack right. Bitch. From that album, uh, Mark and I both are super fans of the Exodus album. So, uh, you know, Return of the Bump Squad, um, the Exodus. You know, a lot of times when I'm, I I do parties here in Minneapolis, called the Dance Electric, and I mean it's almost tradition to play Days of Wild at the end. Right. Um, I mean that's just you know Prince played that all the time as his encore song and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah, those are some of the some of the hot tracks that I love. <laughs> right, Return of the Bump Squad because you, you would play that a lot in LA in two thousand one, two thousand two in Vegas, and there would be a bunch of us because there was an LA fan group called the Bump Squad. I don't know if that was done yeah. purposely or whatever, but we were we were loving that. You know, definitely. Is that, is that yeah, I mean, still a thing? Hmm? Is that fan group still a thing? It is. It is in some parts, or it's also a Prince Army LA. Okay. But Bump Squad's still around. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's a there's a lot of uh, handful of different groups out there in California, and we tried to link up during the the tribute thing when I was coming out there to try and throw something or an after party, but we just right. didn't it together. But once this is all done, uh, and we can safely travel and safely gather, uh, 
we're definitely going to have to do something in LA. Yes. Yeah. Take this, take this show on the road, you know, Absolutely. shout out. We got uh, D Dion Anderson in the house. She's uh guest number two on Paisley nights, episode number four. You can catch it on all your uh, podcasting stream search Paisley nights. Dion's got stories too. Years and years ago into Paisley. She used to hang out with us in the waiting room. So you can hear all about it. Yeah. When we first, yeah, started, when we first started going to Paisley park, uh, Dion and her friend Tia were the first two girls that were always at the door. And Mark and I would be the next two that were always at the door because we'd always get there early. Like, you know, we want to get in line. We wanted, we wanted to be up, up close front to the stage, you know, and it was new for us. You know, we didn't have anything else going on, really. I wasn't DJing in the clubs or anything yet. I was just, you know, a wannabe, you know, inspired, you know, kid trying to figure out how to mix some music on two turntables. But, uh, Dion, we talk about with Dion on the podcast. Um, she talks about how, you know, she was really young and she kind of missed out on uh, the Purple Rain filming and whatnot. But she kind of got back into it as she got a little bit older. And uh, you hear Dion's voice on plenty of plenty of tracks. Oh like yeah, days a while. She was always up front. Her and her friend were always up front, always there first, and they're vocal. And, you know, Dion's up in front. She's like, come on, daddy. Talk to me, daddy. You know, <laughs> and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of tracks uh, that, you know, like Days of Wild or The Ride. Or, and uh, I can't, there's another one that she, her vocals are definitely prominent in the crowd. So it's fun to listen to them yeah. because I know her. So I'm like, that's, that's Dion. <laughs> yeah. And, she, and she's got stories going back to seeing Prince. See, the beauty of Minneapolis is like two degrees of Prince. Like everybody knows somebody, you know, connected to Prince. There's all these interconnected relationships. And I mean, she saw him when she was like a teenager at the record store, you know, before he was big, you know, looking at records saying, hey, you're Prince. And him saying, I am. And then, you know, he disappears like magic, Prince style. He was doing that even when he was young. Exactly. Yeah. I know some people are complaining about an echo when I'm talking on Instagram. We are on Twitch. We are on Facebook Live, and that will work out best for you. Maybe why our Instagram audience is limited this time. Sorry about that. We're trying different things. And, of course, the only way we can have, like, a three-person um, camera was with the other options that we have. But sorry about the echo. If you guys want to jump on that, that's fine, um, or get a better feed of it. Now... Go to Twitch. Get yourself ready for this uh, June 7th, 24-hour marathon. Right. Yeah, people are saying there's no Facebook. But yes, no echo on Facebook. But yes, make sure to be watching Paisley Nights, listening to it, watching Manic Mondays, and of course this huge thing that they're doing June 7th along with PRN alumni. You know, everyone's trying to get in on that, but it's going to be really really good thing now i'm just trying to see if any people have any, any other questions that are going on with stuff um just with this or things that you want to address like the paisley nights what are what are some guests that you've had on before that have had um you know the experiences of paisley park mark or Dudley, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we, we've had seven guests on, you know, and we've kind of hit on a couple of them. We talked about Dion, we talked about Bill. Um, we got Sarah Souser. I mean, she was out, out at Paisley. She was about our age. So she was going out there at 18, hanging out with Prince. He was playing some uh, tracks for her in the studio. So there's some cool stories there. Jonathan Carter. I mean, seriously, Jonathan Carter, like, yeah, there would be no. 
that there would be no Mark Bondi or Dudley D on Dr. Funkenberry's, uh, you know, live stream tonight without Jonathan Carter. I mean, that brother, he was, uh, he was really the, the, the center point of the communication network for how these parties got out. So he would find out about them. And this was, you know, 95. So he had a, a page from the Stanford. He went to Stanford University. And it is like the longest URL in the possible of forever, right? This was before like easy internet things. And he would get the word out that the parties were happening. So, I mean, I had that page memorized, refreshed, Netscape, you know, bad dial of connection. Was, Mark, what do you think it was, Nate? Let's see if you, I mean, just... Just for fun, oh, just I mean, yeah, what it was. It was, it, it was www.stanford.edu, and then it all goes blank from there. It's like 90 characters with squiggly lines and backslashes and whatever else. But that dude, you know, that dude used to do a lot of uh, posting, too, of, of those gigs back in 95. Because Prince was playing in the fall of 95, kind of late summer, fall. Prince was playing every Saturday night doing $20, and you'd come in and you'd see, you know, a 70 to you know 80 minute set of him just bringing it and jonathan wrote all kinds of reviews and he'd write reviews like in one review he said something effect of you know it'd be great to hear starfish and coffee and then you know that next saturday night prince is playing starfish and coffee so um jonathan's great we got miho uh miho was our last guest miho's story is so cool because Miho essentially she she loved Prince, found out about Prince because she lived in Tokyo. She went to uh, one of those Tokyo shows, um, didn't know who Prince was. Went to the show, was like, I need more of this, right? And essentially, after she saw him, she made it her life mission to move to Minneapolis. So we talk about, hey, how'd you go from Tokyo to Minneapolis to doing all these shows to you know becoming a bass player? And I think what's really cool about, about the podcast and one of the things that we're trying to get to kind of underneath the stories and the vibe and the community is the impact that Prince made, right? This isn't just about, hey, we're going out there hanging out. Prince actually begins to inform and affect this, this, this base of fans. Dustin becomes a, a better DJ and these other people take on other artistic forms and become, you know, higher versions of themselves because, you know, they were next to greatness. And one thing that Prince does is he kind of pushes you to be the best version of you, right? I mean, I look at Prince and I mean, that that dude lived the best version of Prince that there was, right? He's like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be fully me. And when you're around that and you're participating in it, you start to look at yourself differently and you, you want to become more. So I think that there's a thread through these stories are, you know, not just the parties, not just the concerts that they saw or their favorite track. It's about, hey, how did Prince inform their lives and how are they different now because they knew who he was? Very, very cool. That's deep, Chris. That's so deep right now. We're like coming out there, like life mission. <laughs> Got to get to Minneapolis of all places. It's true. No, a, funny, a funny story from Miho's, uh, Miho's uh, podcast that we found out is that she was listening to bootlegs. And like she was like, that was that was her thing. As she was in Japan listening to bootlegs, right? And she wanted to get to that live feeling. Like she wanted to be there. And she came all the way to to Minneapolis and like didn't know English and like 
she was sitting down at First Avenue after a George Clinton show and just like asking people like, hey, do you know, is there a party at Paisley Park? Is like Paisley, and people are just like, what are you talking about? And she was just blown away. Like, what? Everybody doesn't know about Paisley Park? Like, you're not all going out there? Like, I heard there's a party or something. So she ended up making her way out there. And essentially, it was just like, she traveled from Japan, moved to Minneapolis to get into the bootleg. And finally, Miho is like Miho's in the bootleg. She went all the way to Japan to Minneapolis because she kept listening to these bootlegs and the sound, and she made it. And it's Miho in the bootleg. There. <laughs> it's it's seriously, it is, it, 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 is, it is a beautiful story, really. Yeah. And it's bold, courageous. And now she's out playing the bass in the band. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be she's like, got great stories. She's got great a, stories too. Go ahead. No, no I'm just like she'll be at bunkers playing, right? Yeah, yeah. She does. She does bunkers. She does the lights at bunkers, and you know, she's like one of the things that like encouraged her. Obviously, the Prince connection, but then she's got stories of uh, Michael Bland and Sonny Thompson, and kind of their influence on her meeting them in Japan, and then obviously seeing them at bunkers, and now she does the lights there. So I mean, it's uh. She's Minneapolis, man. She plays with an artist out of Minneapolis called Meta. And if anybody follows Michael Bland, Michael Bland was uh, her drummer for a while. So that's kind of how the whole, wow. whole connection works out. So it's crazy, man. Minneapolis is wild, you guys. <laughs> I love it. When it's it, and, and, and above, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, it, when it's winter time, it's not so, uh, not so nice. But, you know, as Prince said, it keeps the bad people out, right? Right. Sometimes it keeps the good people there that just have problems with their feet or can't deal with that cold, but yeah. It's it's not that bad. I, I, I just it, I want to be able to go out, you know? Like oh, how Dustin is outside it, right now, you know? We can do that in December. I, here. I, it is cold, you know, but, you know, I think just kind of talking Prince and Prince music and kind of what they were doing, and, and I did, I heard Michael B. on a, on a, on a program talking about just how hard they worked, you know, and kind of what that scene was. And I think you look at the Minneapolis sound and I think you had, you know, a, a group of musicians that, that weren't given the opportunities as kind of some of their contemporaries, right? Race, class, kind of the, the, the structure of America. And, and, and this group of people were, were within a context where, you know, they had to work and become entrepreneurial, build these skills, et cetera. Um, but the winter almost helped that in the sense that, like, what else are you going to do, right? And he talked about going to do studio sessions, Michael B. did in L.A., and he's just like, man, these fools just, like, kind of just show up whenever, do whatever. And he's like, when we're here in Minneapolis, like, we're here just grinding, right? And I think that that was part of the musical culture. And I think, you know, I mean, what's Prince going to do in, you know, January? Shoot, it's cold. I'm going to, you know. I'm going to lock myself away in Studio A and just bang out another album. So I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the content and the volume of the content and a lot of the songs, you know, that you're going to hear in this 24-hour marathon on June 7th, you know, were born out of uh, born out of this frigid environment. It's brutal, man. Yes, I remember 2001 celebration um, sound check at Excel Center. And huh. Like yeah. this is June, and then he's talking about like we're we're it is a hockey arena, you know. But he was all yeah. like, he's it's kind of warm in here, right? And he was making a joke. He's like, you know, you think these people will get tired of winter? 
<laughs> I remember that. I remember that whole sound check deal at that show. That was a fun one. You know, he was just having it out on there. But yes, like he like he'd be like, Come on, man. It's June now. We can deal with the warmer weather. We can deal with the mosquitoes a little bit. You know? You know, you know I mean sorry about that uh that Excel uh center show for the celebration is mm -hmm. that uh, I remember showing up to that uh playing in the fun playing with the funky bald heads. We were opening up for Prince. And it was two two nights, right? Yes, two, two, three. Three. two? Okay. So the very, very two. the very first night the funky bald heads did not open because we got bumped because Prince walked into that place and he didn't like how it sounded. So mm. like not even I don't even know, maybe two hours left before doors are supposed to open. He had him pull the whole PA down and bring in a whole different PA and set it up. And it was just wow. I mean being backstage, hanging out with like the techs and whatnot, like they were just tripping. Right. <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna happen, but it happened. <laughs> craziness. Another question from Instagram, Art Forever eighty seven. What is the most difficult aspect of DJing for the legend that was Prince? No, oh, it was easy. All you do is just play Prince music, and you guys went crazy. <laughs> there you go. I guess they mean like keeping him happy. I guess they, they they think it was difficult to make him happy, but it wasn't, no, right? No, I don't, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, I think Prince also appreciated like the music that I brought out to Paisley Park, you know, and I was also playing stuff, and you know, a lot of times he yeah. might have been hearing it for the first time, you know, so in remixes and different stuff like that. So, I mean, I think he, uh, like Mark said earlier, like, you know, he does push you to be the best that you can be. Right. All these experiences and whatnot. Now people keep talking about the funky bald heads. What do you want to say about that? Aside from those CDs being major collector's items. And they hard to find Dustin, you got some more of them. Did he freeze? Oh, he may have frozen. Dang it. He's frozen. And on Instagram as well. At least. Boy. He'll be he, back. Yes. I'm going to remove him from stream, but he should have the link to get back in. Uh, yes, the Funky Ballhead CDs. We'll get, we'll get into that. Especially, the, I have two of them. I think there may have been three. You got we'll two? That. Well, two of the releases. Yes. Okay. Um, do you ever yeah, that was a fun like season. All right, here we go. We're bringing him back in. All right. Still looks like I may be having trouble, but remove from screen. We'll try to see if he comes back in. I don't see him moving at all. Don't you love live? Because I love live. It just shows you they're not pre-recorded here. Right. Doing it on the fly, walking the tightrope. I love it. I love the experiences of it. So hopefully we'll get him back in. He's got the link, so, you know. He's frozen at Minnesota in the Minneapolis weather, someone said. <laughs> That's funny. So hopefully we can get him back in before we log off of Instagram. So he's trying to get back in because I see it on his side. Um, but what who are guests that you'd love to have on Paisley Nights in the future while we're waiting for Dustin to come back? We got a list of people, kind of our our vision for the podcast is, you know, we want to kind of start with this 
fan base, you know, and, and, and there's just this crew of people that, that I mean, nobody knows their name. They'll get back. They'll get back. Um, so from a guest perspective, we want to keep getting the stories of kind of like the everyday fans out here. What's fascinating about it is like everyone's kind of got their different takes. So while we were all at, you know, similar events, everyone's coming at it from their different worldviews and different lives. Uh, so we want to keep bringing those fans on the podcast, telling those stories. Uh, when we started this thing, you know, the mission was really kind of a hundred episodes was what we were thinking. You get, a, you get, you get these guests out there and, you know, I believe folks are going to study in the future. They're going to be doing kind of, Princeton universities, they're doing some of it today, but, you know, when, when historians study his music, we want to make sure that this stuff's archived and these stories are told. But I think as, as we get, um, as we get uh, our brand and continue to build that audience, that's when we want to start pulling in, you know, folks like yourselves that have kind of these broader connections. Uh, we want to bring in, you know, engineers, you know, potentially musicians, and, right. and just people that participated in Paisley Park. But then, you know, we want to do it. We know there's there's other kind of podcasts out there that are doing their thing. And, I mean, the, the content's great. But we want to come at it kind of from that Paisley Park experience, you know, kind of Paisley as kind of the center of that. And it's not that we see – I mean, Paisley was just a, a building that kind of uh, inhabited it. Um, uh, and, and I think, you know, we want to show – just kind of that love that was created as part of that and that, that it ultimately became more than a building, right? It, it became more than just a physical space. Um, so it's more than just 7801 Autobahn Road. It's it's the experiences, it's the community, it's the lifestyle. It's about people coming together and just like enjoying one another, right? And I think you look at things like our relationship with Dion and Tia from, from uh, who we were just talking about. Like, I mean, this is like cross-cultural communication, people from real different walks of life, coming together and finding a way to, to fool with one another. And I mean, God knows, I mean, we need more of that right now, right? Folks is divided all over the place. Right. And Prince Prince really broke down those walls. And I think we're uh, living examples of um, living examples of those walls being broken down, relationships being built and, you know, humanity being better off for them. Now, Anne has this question. What would Prince Think about what is happening with his music in the estate today. <laughs> That's a loaded question, Ann. We can skip it. It's like, just as long as they say we're, we're, we're seeing it, we're trying. Someone had this question yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I, I got something to it? say about it. Right. I do. I mean, I ain't got nothing to lose. Uh, you know, I mean, I think um, Dustin's giving me that look. Like, what's he going to say? No. You know, I mean, I, I think I think the estate uh, has a tremendous opportunity and a tremendous responsibility to do their thing, right? And I think they're trying to to make some things happen. But the music, the music is is what's important. And you know, how do you get the music out in a respectful way? How do you get the shows out that he did? You know, and, and what I'd like to see is just more, right? Um, and, and I don't believe that they have to kind of fall into this, hey, we're just kind of promoting, you know, the small segment of his career or the small segment of his identity. The brother played for 40 years, right? And, and what we're trying to do is to say, hey, man, once you get hip to this, the rabbit hole keeps going. The sounds are great. Um, you want any type of music? Prince got it, right? And, and what we're doing on June 7th is really wanting to hit the world to that, right? We're not trying to put the needle on the same groove every time. There's just boundless grooves. And I believe, 
I mean, it happened to me. You come in kind of through one angle, you know, mm-hmm. and you get hit to these other things, and all of a sudden, shoot, you're into more stuff than you ever thought you could be, right? Right. And, and I think that's uh, I think that the state could learn something from that, where you don't have to you don't have to pigeonhole Prince. He never pigeonholed himself, and and they shouldn't pigeonhole him either. I think they're just trying to get new fans in. That's why you have stuff like Prince of Revolution live, and you get fifty five thousand people watching, little by little. We'll yeah. see what's going on in 2021. There's a question for Art Forever 87. Again, how would you say your mix differentiates from other royal DJs of the Purple Kingdom like Rashida or Linka? You know, and they want to know if you're going to have any of them on your show, Paisley Nights. How would, how does my mix differ, differentiate different? from Linka? I mean, we can hear in, uh, in sound, but they want to know your specific answer. Well. Rashida, oh. I've never actually even heard. And we're signing so off Instagram really Live right now. Get back on Facebook Live. Sorry, guys, it's cutting us you off are. on that. But we're still going to be here staying live on Inst- on Facebook and Twitch. Go ahead, Dustin, with that answer. Sorry, man. Oh, um, I've never actually heard uh, Rashida do a Prince set, so I'm not really sure what her style is. Um, Link and I are really good friends. Um, we DJ sometimes Prince parties. I've had her uh, play my dance lecture party before. I love Lenka. Um, you know, I mean, I guess between, between Lenka and I, I mean, I scratch a little bit more. She's not really a scratch DJ. So sometimes I tend to get excited and uh, kind of burn through tracks, you know, real fast, mixing quick, 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 you know, and, you know, in three minutes, maybe playing like six different songs. Um, so, I mean, that's part of, part of the reason why on June 7th, like, you know, we're going to have somewhat of a schedule, but, if I all of a sudden am feeling a groove or feeling some type of way, like, you know, I'm just going to go in on something and, you know, maybe half an hour, just do that and just burn through a bunch of tracks real quick. So, um, but yeah, I mean, both of those DJs are great DJs. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Just posting it on Instagram live for the, that's all right. Most people are saying they really want to make sure that you concentrate on 90s music for for your show on the 24 Hours of Prince on June 7th. I'm sure you will. Oh, you know? we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be all over the place for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a a great chunk of 90s music that we love that uh, a lot of Prince fans, you know, don't even know about. So. Um, if we can pull some some people in who might be the casual Prince fan and hip them to something new, and next thing you know, they're buying three or four CDs that you know they don't have any idea that even existed. Um, that's great. I mean, that's the goal. We want everyone to you know get deeper into Prince. Isn't that everyone's goal? I hope. <laughs> trying to bring more people into the right. mix, right? Well, and that's you know, I mean. That's just it. When we talk about the state and like putting stuff out, I mean, yeah, you know, of course they have to be calculated in what they're doing, but um, the more content that makes it out there and the more opportunities that have to grab some people from the new generation and some of these kids, um, the better. Because like Mark said, once you get in and then you realize how much there is, it's like you got you got a lot of a lot of time to kill on your quarantine. Listening to album. <laughs> yeah. There's some of you now not so saying not just nineties, please. I think you're gonna be everywhere. People are like, I love the early stuff, I love the later. Four decades. Stuff too. Yeah, we're gonna be everything. Yeah, this is gonna be playing everything. And right. they'll you know, like 
I mean, ultimately, the plan is, uh, like, like we said earlier, we're still putting the content together. We're still figuring out how we're going to do things. Um, we're going to chunk some things together and have some type of a, you know, a kind of a schedule. Um, but we're also going to have some freedom within that because we can do whatever we want. You know, we can go wherever we want. Um, I know for sure the plan is to come back here. We already talked to you, Funk, about uh, coming back the Wednesday before, I believe is June 3rd. Right? June 3rd, we're going to come back here and that's where we will release some of the stuff that we're going to be doing throughout the 24 hours. So we'll be back Very on cool. for sure then. And you guys can uh, kind of get a little sneak peek of uh, some of the things we're planning out. And you can plan out your day. Maybe, maybe you're going to switch up your sleep schedule to join us for something <laughs> that we're doing at, you know, Good 5 a.m. <laughs> that's a call on six. Someone has this question. It's a great question. Um, what are your kids' favorite print songs? Um, <laughs> you, Dustin, you go. I'm, I'm going to go first because then Mark's going to just go off on uh, his favorite song. Which, by the way, Mark's son, he's the only kid in the world that this is this is his favorite song. There's no other kid that will know that knows this song and knows it word for word for Mark's son. But uh, my daughter's favorite song is "Let's Go Crazy." I don't know. We just you know when she was younger. She's ten now, but when she was younger, um, that's. Uh, that's a song I just have her videotaped on, just like, go crazy, Delaney, go crazy, you know, and she's like three or four or something like that. Uh, and then every year when it always, when it, every year in April, whenever it snows, I always put on Let's Go, or sometimes it snows in April before, before she goes to bed. And she's like, this year, she was like, Dad, you always do this every April. And I was like, yep, I do. <laughs> But Mark, go after it. <laughs> it's, it's it's so We're much waiting. fun, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, no, it's fantastic because I mean, it, it, so my daughter's eight, and her favorite song is probably tougher to pin down um, right now. Uh, she's been through various genres, etc. You know, we took uh, the kids to uh, to First Avenue when they did the first Prince dance party for kids. You know, and. It's like we're hyping them up. We got them T-shirts. They got they got T-shirts on it, you know, because living in North Minneapolis with shirts. This is how we funk on the north side and on the back of their shirts, NPG for life and light up shoes. And like literally, like we were fully planned to go to this deal at First Avenue. And it was so cool, right? You walk in there and there's, you know, donuts and stuff and what have you, balloons and the whole deal. And it was fun and it, it was a great time. But we were there and literally like 10 minutes into it, um, they're like, you know, we want to hear some of the Prince songs we know. Um, you know, initially, they're playing all the hits at uh, First Avenue, and unfortunately, we had not hipped our children uh, to the hits. So it's a deep track house. Um, so they, uh, they, were, they were disappointed that uh, they had to listen to 1999 because, you know, they just didn't know the song. So anyway, favorite song for uh, Mateo, he's five. Um, his favorite track is uh, "The War." So I mean, we we rolling deep. He wants no. he wants he wants he wants he, he wants the twenty seven minutes of the war. And the brothers got the whole. And, and you know, I mean, I was I was at the show. I was front row when when Prince was doing that whole gig. So it's like I love that song because it's just like uh, so. Um, 
epitomizes my days at Paisley Park and the memory of Prince laying on the floor doing the lyrics from his spiral notebook. Like it's like cemented in my brain, one of the coolest experiences ever. So Mateo's is like, yo, I want the I want the 26 minutes. Uh, he does the, um, you know, one, two, the evolution will be colorized. The lyrics come on and the brother's just jamming. I mean, it's, he, so he's, he's a unique five-year-old. Let me tell you a story about uh, one night Mark had his kids over at my house and uh, we were doing karaoke and my daughter's into Billie Eilish. And so we're doing a Billie Eilish song and whatever. And we're like kind of going through some songs and Mateo's like, the war, the war, you know, he wants, it's his turn and he wants to do the war. And I'm like, Mateo, I don't think they have a karaoke version of the war. So they're not the lyrics, you know? And Mark's just like, no worry, you know the lyrics. And I'm like, he put it on and just like, he does everything. He does the piano part and he does, then he gets into the lyrics and he, you know, you want a microchip in the back of your neck and he's just doing everything, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> the only kid in the world, I guarantee it. I'll give somebody $1,000 if they got a kid who knows the war. <laughs> that is crazy. All right. And if, and if you're not hip to the war, you got to get the war. It's just, you got to get I mean, the war. If you're out there and you're like, what, what are they talking about? You got to get it. Just curious. He doesn't have a short attention span, does he? I mean, when you no, request I mean, a twenty-seven minute version of a song, yeah, no, he he wants the whole thing. He wants the dude. He's uh, he gets into it, man. I mean, he likes other songs. I mean, he's 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 got some, uh, you know, you know, diverse musical taste. Not not your typical five-year-old, but you know, he doesn't for have typical sure. parents. Now, this is what someone asked for twenty-year-olds. What specific stuff do y'all think the twenty-somethings would warm up to? I guess they mean just some of his music that may not be out there like Purple Rain. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, like we talked about the 90s stuff. I mean, there's a lot of 90s stuff that, uh, you know, wasn't as popular. Um, so there's stuff in there. I mean, the last two albums, I think, are great. You know, you could even start there. You know, some of his later stuff that came out. So, but like, like I said, what, no matter how you get in, Whichever different spot you get in, then you know there's so much, so much more to go to. So, all right, this is an interesting question. Just because I remember that um, David Allen Greer said something about this. Like there was a fan hiding his wall. Was this mo the most extreme fan story? This was from David Allen Greer about a girl in the wall of his hotel room. Have you had any weird fan stories when you were out on the road with Prince or someone trying to sneak into Paisley? Um, not, not so much weird fan stories. I think to me, when I went on tour with Prince over to Europe, it was real eye-opening because he, in the United States, I mean, yeah, he's still popular and whatnot, but he, you know, wasn't wasn't the hot thing, or, you know. And when I went to Europe, it was just kind of eye-opening to me, like how globally, like. Gigantic. I mean, of course, I knew I knew he was known around the world, but just to see it like firsthand, and it, that was kind of the that was also during the when the NPG Music Club was a thing, and just seeing those fans that were all part of this club showing up early and just excited beyond excitement that you could even imagine, um, you know, just rub it just rubs off on you. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, there was a the time too when we were in Japan and we were leaving. Uh, concert and uh, we had to catch the train back 
I forget where we were going. It was probably Tokyo. But basically, if you didn't get on that train, it was like an eight or nine hour ride, right? Versus like two hours on the train. And we were going to miss that train. And so it's like all of us in the band were going on trying to catch this train. And um, all of a sudden, people in the train station noticed that it was Prince. And next thing you know, everybody's like, talking in Japanese and just gathering and all the friends started running and we're like, you know, cause we're going to miss the train too. So it's like a combination of all these fans are figuring out what's going on, who's here and the train take off. And then the next thing you know, we were on like a 300 yard sprint to get on this train and like just made it and it took off. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Like the, just the reactions of fans when you're just someplace with him that, you know, and people just notice it's him and then lose their shit. Right. And that's, you know, it's a good story, Dustin. I think, you know, kind of going back to the Paisley Park days and, like, all the show gigs that we did. And, I mean, Prince would come out and obviously, like, you had the celebration where people would fly in and, you know, that was cool and all. But, like, for, like, the local crew, I mean, we'd go to parties and there'd be 25 people there, right? And Prince would be walking through the crowd, no bodyguard, you know, and I think one of the reasons he did it is because people weren't, you know, fawning over him, right? It wasn't a bunch right. of folks staring. Like he could just kind of come, do his thing, and you know, it was. Uh, I think it was a real kind of chill, laid back experience. And for the people that were going, I mean, shoot, we saw him like last week. Like I just see him again, right? Like we, it, it, it really humanized him um, and put him into kind of more of a frame where okay this is this is like a person as opposed to kind of this distant celebrity um and I, I think that was a really cool thing about uh that paisley park scene and i think it's one of the reasons that he kept doing those uh parties and those gigs there is you know it was a space for him to kind of be him and, and not have quite all the pomp right i want to touch back on the the, the music for a 20 something year old um I think if you're trying to get somebody to listen or get into Prince, that Prince has so many different styles of music that you figure out what that 20 year old is into, you know, if it's rock and roll or if it's like hip hop or like pop or whatever. And then that's how you steer them into that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> give them, give them 10 of his rocket rock and roll uh, guitar solo right. you know, tracks if that's what they're into. So, and, you know, I think another thing, Another thing, too, is there's this cool event coming up on June 7th. You know, they want to hear some, they want to hear some different, you know, Prince tracks and some different Prince right. music, you know, something that they're not going to hear on the radio. Um, you know, they can catch that on uh, twitch.tv slash uh, Paisley Nights, and, you know, there'll be 24 hours of it, so they should tune right. in. You can get your pee control on, you can get your endorphin <laughs> machine on, you can get your super cute on, you can get yeah. your Days yeah. of Wild Montreux possibly on. Now yeah. another all of them. Someone has this. I'm, and sure, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll play a bunch of different versions of Days of Wild because there'll be like moments where we are personally like getting exhausted and we need a right. shot of adrenaline. And you know, for us that song always wakes it it always wakes you up. For sure. <laughs> and that's the anthem, man. That is the anthem. We're gonna be playing that at least four versions. And minimum probably, four versions. Probably this song that someone requested work that fat. They may have to put a pretty big tip in your tip jar. But yeah. someone's asking for work that fat. I'll see that. Always play work that fat. Yeah, you, you gotta play that. Make Hilarious. It <laughs> I'll tell you, we won't be 
And, I mean, the only song that I think's off the list is that Viking song that he did. That 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 ain't gonna get played. No, 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 no. no. I was gonna have a special, a, a, a special three minute Viking segment that we're gonna play that song. <laughs> oh, oh. Mark, Mark and I, Mark and I kind of agree. Well, I, I'm. I am uh, fortunately uh, I'm born and raised in Minnesota, but my family's from Wisconsin, so I got converted to a Packers fan. So, but uh, we both agree that if there's ever a song that is like not a good Prince song, like that, that is it. <laughs> I was gold, right. It's called Purple and Gold. Purple and Gold. Purple and Gold. And also being like you know being a music director for. You know, I do the Lynx and the and the Wolves, and I do Gophers basketball, and I do the Minnesota United also. And like that song is not a like hype you up song. I just don't get that how that became a thing for like a anthem for a football team. There's nothing hype about that song. I think it's just an old school fight song. I guess that's the only thing I'm trying to defend it in a little right. way. It's not my jam. But I, yeah. if I had a choice of listening to that or We Gets Up, I would choose Purple and Gold because I've had bad experiences. Really? You don't, you, 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 you don't like We Gets Up? Dustin's got that on a loop at the at the T-Wolves games. Yeah, that's, I, a, that's a jam. I got, my, I got my first speeding ticket to that song. I got held up at gunpoint with that song playing. So, oh, so no. You just have, you just have no, no. That's my thing with it. So, yeah. We'll give you we'll give you the we gets up uh, warning if we play it. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? Someone's talking about new girl. Yeah, they so want to know any um, great sense of humor stories that you have with him. That's where the new girl thing comes from. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, Prince Prince is always funny. Uh, he had his moments for sure. Um, I don't know. There's so I mean. I can't really even think of one one specific right now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Mark, anything that you think about? Think, you know, funny you know, I mean, I think from, from from a fan perspective, kind of back to the Paisley shows and the things that he did. Um, I thought he would be. I mean, he was loose, and and there was a lot of times where he was joking around with people, you know, in the crowd. I mean, Dion's a great example of you know her and him like having these dialogues. Um, and they were, uh, you know, humored in nature. You got to listen to the podcast to get the right. details. But I mean, he he was always, I mean, he was always kind of not always, but he was often kind of light, you know, uh, spirited in, in those scenes. And I mean, he was he's a funny dude, and you could tell. That's what someone has a follow up. Maybe this. Did he ever prank you at all, Dustin? Uh, no, he never pranked me. No, just other people. I don't have any, don't have any specific. Uh, yeah, I mean, there. I'll, I'll tell. I'll share the story. Uh, I think we talked about this in uh, the last podcast with Mihil. I can't remember, but um, there was a time when we were rolling through Europe on the One Night Alone tour, and uh, it was myself. Basically, after the show, there wasn't an after party. We had to get to another city, and. Um, we were getting out to the buses and he asked any, you know, it's like if anybody wants to jump on, on my bus and we're going to watch the show from tonight, of course, because that's what he does after the show is he watches the show, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm down. 
and uh, I believe it was Greg Boyer jumped on there, John Blackwell. Um, might have been one other person. I can't remember. But um, so we're watching the show, and tape one ends, and I'm sitting right up on the tour bus right next to the TV. So he hands me tape two to put in, put tape two in, and these are like the little tiny uh, cassettes, you know, from the camcorder or whatever. And, um, you know, it's like three and a half, four hours in, John Blackwell sleeping. I think Greg Boyer might have nodded off. And um, we come up to like, you know, <laughs> we come up to, uh, to, to a rest stop or whatever. And basically it's like, all right, you know, the concert, the concert's over, like the bus has stopped. Like you guys go back to your bus. Like I'm going to go to bed or whatever. Right. And, um, he asked me for the tapes back and I give him the second tape back. And then he's like, where's the first tape? And I'm like, I thought I gave it to you. You know, I thought, it, did I not give it to you? And he's like, I don't have it. And I'm just like, all right. So I started looking around the bus, you know, for the tape. And he's just like, where's the tape? And I was like, I don't like, I didn't, I didn't steal it. I'm not going to steal the tape from you, like right on your bus. Right. right. So uh, long story short, um, eventually I ended up like reaching down and like taking the cushions <clears> off <throat> of this couch on the tour bus and finding like back behind the thing, the tape had fallen down and gave it back to him and uh, got off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, and like I was talking about earlier about, you know, my longevity of being out there and like kind of being in the fun atmosphere of like the after party and DJing and you know, like, you know, a, another element of like him entertaining the fans. Uh, we always had a good time. So, right. uh, and I was, you know, I was honest with them. I wasn't, you know, I was never going to try and bootleg some stuff or steal some stuff for him, from him. So I think he trusted no one, one, no time, one time, didn't you, uh, didn't you think you were bootlegging some stuff when you were playing some ACO, Dustin? He did. We were in Germany and it was an after party. And uh, it was myself just set up on stage and place was packed. Uh, you know, there was a, some talk of him playing that night, but it ended up just being uh, logistics with the gear or whatnot didn't work out. So it ended up just be, being me DJ. I was DJing. So I was DJing for like, I don't know, about an hour or so. And then all of a sudden Prince came on stage with the band and Maceo Parker and John Blackwell and everyone was there hanging out on stage. And I go into uh, Pass the Peas, Maceo mm -hmm. Parker, Pass the Peas. And at that time, during the show, we were also covering Past the Peace. And it's about 30 seconds into the song, crowd's jamming, everybody's jamming, I'm jamming, DJing or whatever. And all of a sudden I look over and Prince is right next to me and he's like, are you bootlegging my stuff? And I'm like, what? He's like, what? what? He's like, are you bootlegging my stuff? And I'm like, I was like, no, I was like, this is, this is Maceo Parker's live album. Whatever. Then all of a sudden he just looks at me. He's like, Maceo. <laughs> he comes over and he's like, "Is this your? Is this yours?" And Maceo listens to it for about eight, ten seconds, and he's like, "Yeah, this is my live album." <laughs> I'm like, dude. I'm like, you know, then he just walks away. I'm like, that <laughs> no apology. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> he made someone before take off 
a bootleg recording that he was playing a Stevie Wonder that was to impress Prince. So he went up to the DJ and told him to take it off. At least, you know, maybe he was like thinking, about, all right, maybe Dustin's trying to do this with Maceo. Yeah, no, that, he, he thought I was bootlegging a show, and I was like, man, why would I bootleg your show and then also play it in front of you? Come on, come yeah, on. That'd be bad. <laughs> now, someone said this, Prince used to appear out of nowhere at Paisley Park parties and stand right behind random folks real close and scare the crap out of them once they say who it was. But some of those things going on, I'm sure he would be a prankster to some of the fans at Paisley, especially because you'd have a little bit smaller crowds in there and he'd just be able to just sneak up on you. Wouldn't be able to do yeah. that in an L.A. nightclub. That's yeah, I mean, he would, he would a lot of times, too, like in the NPG Music Club, um, you know, when the stage was set up with gear, everybody would be crammed up towards the front, you know, expecting right. or thinking he's going to play. And then a lot of times he would just come back in behind the soundboard back there and he'd be chilling for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and no one would even notice that he's in the room because they're all, you know, facing the other way. So someone saying this is CC is hilarious. It said pass the pigs and then pass the fees. Is that the live thing they're talking about or? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. But I was just like, say what? About that. Um, but is there anything you guys, because we'll wrap it up. There's some questions I know that you guys are asking. We'll probably do a short after show just because I don't want to get these guys in trouble for some of these questions. Um, but what do you guys want to be known about June 7th and then Manic Mondays, you know, in closing and other stuff? Closed caption, they're saying, pass the fees. The CC would say that. That's what they meant. <laughs> oh. saying, pass the pigs and pass the fees. Someone must have been on something when doing that, man. Good Lord. That closed caption is crazy, man. It's amazing how fast that works. Yes. Sometimes you get it wrong. Hopefully there won't be no CC happening on uh, June 7th or on Paisley on uh, Manic Mondays. Yeah, we say, uh, you know, just kind of the, the last commercial for it, you know, seven or June 7th, we're starting at 12 a.m. Central Standard Time. So we're going to roll till 11.59 on p.m., so 24 hours straight. Uh, we're going to bring all kinds of music, all kinds of jams. We're getting ready for it now. We're working hard uh, just to put it all together. There's going to be T-shirt sales. We partnered with PRN alumni, so a portion of the proceeds will be going there. Uh, we uh, we got surprises that are coming too. So next time we're on here, we'll talk a little bit more about the schedule and kind of what what some of the things are. Uh, but this is not going to be like you know there ain't any rules at Paisley Park, right? And we're not trying to like box ourselves in on this thing either. Right. Uh, but we want to have we want to have a little bit of structure, so you know folks know when to tune in, what's happening. You know we definitely want to get Europe involved, we want to get Japan involved, we want to get Australia involved. You know we want to make sure we're kind of. Uh, doing this thing global, it's worldwide. We appreciate, you know, we'll put the ask out there. You know, go to our Facebook page, Paisley Nights. Check us out on Twitch. Share the event. Tell your friends. You know, share it now. Get people to come. Invite folks. Um, and once we once we're live, share it. You know, we want this thing to blow up. So um, we're not rolling with some huge budget. You know, so um, if people can share it, it'll really help get the word out. Uh, so. Get it out there. We think it's going to be a really good time and a real good chance. Anybody to celebrate got an extra life. If anybody has got an extra webcam, you can ship it to me. We need it. We can't find them anywhere right now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to acquire three or four more. Um, yeah. And and people we'll are asking. Blessed, yeah. We'll take requests. Portion of the proceeds. I know it goes to PR and alumni, but they want to know if you're going to be taking requests. 
you will have a tip jar, I'm sure, but you know, I'm sure oh, there's some sure. stuff that they'll get in. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be uh, we'll definitely be on the chat, hanging out with people uh, all day. And like Mark said too, um, you know, if you can share with your friends, maybe we could just do a small ask right now and just ask everybody to go share with 24 of their closest Prince friends and let them know what's happening. Um, and uh, you know, be like. Like Mark said too, I mean it's it's a global thing, you know. We're thinking about different things we can do for Australia and Europe and Japan, and you know, diff at different times and you know, different time zones. So, right. And D, well, you're thinking about blocking any songs. That's why I make sure to check out the Twitch feed because you won't have which to is where it's at. at all. Yeah. You know. Yep. For sure. Yeah, they'll they'll shut down the feed on Facebook, but we're restreaming it. So if it shuts down, it's coming right back. But if you go on Twitch, you're going to get better sound, and it ain't going to get shut down. All right. Well, thank you guys so and much. Manic, for... Go ahead. And Manic Monday this Monday. Manic Monday this Monday. Manic so Monday. Hit Manic Monday. Manic Monday ten at what time, Dustin? I'm not sure yet. Uh, it's Memorial Day here in the U.S., yeah. so I was thinking about maybe doing an afternoon set. So. Uh, maybe some folks in Europe can also tune in so it doesn't get too late. Usually I've been starting them, you know, six, seven or eight o'clock, but I was thinking maybe on Monday starting it in the afternoon sometime. So it's not so late for the folks overseas, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get it I'll going. Check out on our Facebook page. I'll put hey, it in a book, Twitter. We'll have links posted everywhere for people that are having trouble with it, but we're going to get it on and then we'll have them back. Make sure Paisley Nights on Monday. Special Memorial Day set. They're not having it done. And then this huge dance party, June 7th. Mark and Dustin, I want to thank you guys so much for being on. Thank you. And great. you guys, thank you guys so much for subscribing on Stitcher, on iTunes, letting people know about it, watching live on Facebook Live and Insta and Twitch. We'll get it back to YouTube with some other things. Hey, I, got, I got one more thing to say. I just, Go for I just it. realized your shirt. Yes. Your shirt. That is, uh, I, was, I was roommates. Um, with Griff. Griff made that design. I don't know if people know Griff, right? Is that the Griff design or no? Yeah, I believe so. There was that's two Griff, of them that were Griff design. Yep, yeah, that's, that's a Griff design. design. Well, Griff, I was uh, roommates with Griff and uh, Takumi. We all lived together for a couple years. So, all right. Next time I'll tell you some Takumi stories. And I will be... <laughs> Takumi stories are always great. Takumi is amazing. We're going to be doing... Give me like about five, ten minutes. I'm going to join you guys for an after show. Uh, just to you know, get these guys in troubles with some of your questions uh, for Facebook Live, maybe about a half hour. But thank you guys again for subscribing on Stitcher, on iTunes, leaving reviews, Pod FM. Always donations are appreciated, you know, so we can get stuff. That's how we got the webcams and other things going on and making um, a better <laughs> show for you guys. Yeah, somebody give Huckleberry uh -oh. some money. <laughs> somebody give, give Huckleberry some cash. Oh. Give Huckleberry some cash. Somebody give Appreciate it, you guys. Much love. Keep it funky till next time. And I'll be back on All the right, Facebook Live for the after show. Peace and be wild, guys. Keep it funky. <laughs>